Hi, my name is Brian Bloom, and you're listening to NerdCulturePodcast.com. Hello, and welcome to episode 62 of the Nerd Cultural Podcast. My name is David, I'll be your host, along with our newest crew member, very excited, it's Bo from ECN Radio. All right, all right. I, I know I'm, I'm across the ocean from Australia, but I'm sure that right now there's a whole bunch of NCP fans just cheering because I've joined the set. <laughs> That's, they should be cheering. <laughs> <laughs> so Bo's, Bo's uh, kind enough to Skype in from the United States of America. Just recently uh, cleared from all that shutdown business, which is pretty cool. Yeah, the government's back now. Yeah, it's crazy. You actually going to go to the zoo today? Yeah, I'm going to the zoo. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go check out all the stuff I couldn't do before, which, which is basically not going to the zoo. That's about the only thing that was closed. <laughs> Everything else was still there. There is a there is a photo floating around the web about a, a little kid dressed up in a in a little costume like a tiger or a panda or something, and he's sort of and he's at the gates at the local zoo. And he, they won't let him in. He's holding onto the gates. It's like, oh, that's terrible. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, so this is this is also uh, not only is it exciting because Bo's um, joined us, which I think is awesome, but also this is our first weekly episode. So. For those of you who listen to the show regularly, normally it's a fortnightly schedule, uh, but I've decided as an experiment we're going to go weekly. We're going to see how this weekly sort of thing goes. So every alternate week will be Bo and myself, and hopefully maybe one of the other crew, um, and then the other episodes, the standard episodes, will be with the other guys. Um, so I hope you like it. I hope you tune in. I hope it's uh, entertaining and um, it's not too much of me, and, uh, <laughs> and we'll go through there, but uh, I think it's going to be awesome. Oh, I plan to take over. I'm just, I'm just waiting for the time. Yeah, no, that's cool. Like... <laughs> I'm, waiting, I'm, waiting for the, I'm waiting for the time when you basically absorb NCP into ECN. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> we just become one. Because we're already sister podcasts, although I do prefer brother podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go from there. Um, oh, I did, I did uh, listen to your last episode, and uh, Matt, bless his heart, suggested that we do like one big jam episode. I am totally down for that. Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, we need to get that together sometime. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I don't know how we're going to arrange it. But we'll, another we'll another Monty it. Python episode, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So let's go through it. So um, the the off the the alternate week episodes are going to be a slightly different format um, to the standard ones because um, Bo and I have sort of different interests to the other crew. So uh, so every every episode we're going to have some relevant news, um, a popcorn junkie from one of each of us, one of our. our patented five-minute popcorn junkies um and we're also going to have a segment uh, a couple of segments that i can't really do with the other crew namely contest of champions which is going to, we're going to pit a fictional character against another fictional character in your standard comic shop sort of conversations i mean it's, i don't know about you you Bo, but whenever i go to a comic shop here without fail there'll be somebody there having a conversation about who would win in a fight i mean it's your classic sort of childhood conversation yeah, it's, I like Al for E.T. Al for E.T. Which one do you think would win out of those two? <laughs> uh, e. Alf would, would, Alf would fight dirty. 
but E.T. Yeah, has, yeah, I think that's right. E.T. has powers, <laughs> though. That's the thing. So, I don't know. So, once again, I, I don't know. It would depend on how, how it went, I suppose. If it was out for blood, I think Alf would probably win it. Because uh, <laughs> let's face it, E.T. catches a cold and that's it. He's almost dead. What's that about? Right. Yeah, but Alf will just chase some cat, though. Yeah, that's true. Introduce a, introduce a foreign object. This episode's contest of champion is going to be Spider-Man versus Wolverine, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, we're also going to introduce a WoW segment, because as uh, regular listeners will know, I'm, I'm a WoW addict, and um, the rest of the crew are not, and uh, I, I thank thankfully say that, because, <laughs> because uh, I don't want any more addicts, um, but uh, Bo is also a WoW addict. Yes, yes sir. <laughs> Proud to say, we're not ashamed to say it. Not ashamed, I, I have a <laughs> horde flag out in front of my house, one of those... <laughs> Garden flags. <laughs> really? I ordered. I ordered one online. Yeah, they sell them online. You have a horde banner in front of your house. Online. Okay, I didn't yep, know. I'm I didn't waiting know that. for one of my neighbors to put up an alliance one, and then I'm going to egg their house. <laughs> that is freaking awesome. I didn't know that, and that is it's, it's awesome and creepy. All right, uh, so we'll have some some well stuff, and Bo will sort of uh, control that segment. Then we'll have the standards coming soon in Australian cinemas. I'm not going to do coming soon in American cinemas because it means more research for me, and I can't be bothered. But uh, so coming soon, Australian cinemas, and then uh, I can always prepare that. I'll have it next week. <laughs> right, you can have you can have that one, and then uh, yeah. and then we'll just finish it off. So, without further ado, let's hit it with uh, pop culture news. Okay, so first on the list of pop culture news, we've got uh, Tarantino's released his best movies of 2013. Although 2013 is not even over yet, but you know that's Tarantino for you. Um, <laughs> he doesn't assume anything else is good is going to come out this year, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, he hasn't got his own films coming out after this <laughs> after the list, so I guess uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, well, to, I mean, to his credit, he doesn't put his own films on there. I mean, at least he wasn't. He's not. He's not that silly. I guess it's pretty pretty known on on this show that I'm not a big Tarantino fan, but uh, I think he's. His lists are kind of interesting. He puts on some some stuff on there that you wouldn't really rec- wouldn't really sort of expect him to put on there, like afternoon, right. like Afternoon Delight, for example. His best film is not 2013. Is Afternoon Delight, which is yeah. Like, so are these in order? Wow. Like number um, yeah, one yeah. after? Yeah, I think they're I think they're in order. I, I, I don't really know. Don't say for sure. But Afternoon Delight's got the guy from How I Met Your Mother in it. I mean, seriously, how good could yeah, it be? Anyway. He's calling afternoon number afternoon delight the number one film of 2013. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then he's got uh, before midnight, which yeah, I didn't mind it. It was right. Uh, Blue Jasmine, Woody Allen's latest film, which you know, once you've seen one, you've seen them all. Uh, oh, I didn't see this. That looks cool. Uh, the Conjuring. Yeah, which that, is, yeah. It's I don't know. It looks it looks okay, but I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. Uh, drinking buddies, which I'd never even heard of until I saw this list. Now I heard something. I haven't seen Drinking Buddies, but I heard something about this movie. Apparently, it's kind of a sleeper. It actually is pretty good, from what I've heard. Okay, cool. Um, I heard it on like major spoilers or something. They were oh. they were saying that it's surprisingly good. Okay, cool. Well, I'm gonna check it out. Uh, Francis Ha, which I definitely want to see. Gravity. Yeah, I, I liked. I enjoyed it, but I think it's overrated. I, mean, I don't think it's even as good as Children of Men. I thought it was. I thought it was a really good movie, but it's hard for me to recommend it to people. Yeah. Um, because, like, when I was telling you, you should go see it. It's it's hard for me to recommend it to people because, on the one hand, it's not the best movie I've ever seen, and I don't think you're going to go see it and it's going to change your life. Mm. But at the other, on the other hand, when people are like, "Well, do you recommend that I rent it or wait for it to come out on Netflix or should I see it in theaters?" I feel like it is a movie that if you don't see it in theaters, 
you will hate it, you know? And so mm. in a way it kind of, it kind of has an overrated uh, kind of judgment from most people. And I think it's, may, it might be because of that. Cause I wouldn't tell anybody to see this except for in theaters. Yeah. And if you tell somebody, Oh, you have to go see this now before it leaves theaters. It sounds like you're saying it is the best movie ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I agree with everything you just said. Um, <laughs> go. Ditto. Then he has kick-ass two, which come on. I, know, I mean, our, our listeners will know that uh, I reviewed Kick-Ass 2 in a, a previous episode, and uh, I was not impressed. And I haven't seen Kick-Ass 2 yet, but I don't feel like I need to. Don't. Don't waste your time. And we, I mean, we did we did Kick-Ass 1 for Film Flans, and I'm a fan. I enjoyed Kick-Ass 1. I think it's, you know... It's, yeah, I it's, did too. It's yeah. an interesting take on, on the superhero genre, but uh, Kick-Ass 2 just basically just loses the plot. Now, I'm going to skip over number 9, go straight to number 10. Uh, this is the end. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Yeah. You're I'll, come back, I'll come back to number nine in a second. Okay. Uh, okay so number I'm ten. With... Number ten is this is the end, which is the the sort of a, the meta fiction um, film with the with uh, James Franco and his friends sort of trying to escape the apocalypse. I haven't seen it, but I do want to see it. Actually, I mean, as strangely enough, as much as I think he's a wanker, I actually quite like James Franco. So I'll check. I'll check it out. Yeah, I I wanted to see this whenever it was in theaters, and I kind of still plan on seeing it, but I haven't I haven't seen it. Yeah. So let's go back to number nine. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this up is, I mean, I, I don't want to give uh, Tarantino any more props than he already gets because I think he's incredibly overrated. But uh, number nine was an interesting choice. He has the Lone Ranger, and it seemed to it seemed to create a bit of uh, Twitter furor. It was it was it was really strange. It's like, I mean, the Lone Ranger gets an incredible amount of hate <laughs> from uh, reviews and stuff like that. Which, yeah. Which and I actually find that kind of weird. I mean, Crystal and I watched it, and I actually enjoyed it. I'm not ashamed to say I enjoyed it. It was, I mean, it wasn't the greatest film ever, but I enjoyed that more than I enjoyed Gravity. I mean, I mean Gravity, and don't get me wrong, Gravity is a better film in terms of uh, you. You are completely insane. <laughs> completely, like should be committed in a padded room. Why? I've, I've never seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, from what I've heard, though, it's supposed to be like really bad. No. I can't believe. I can't it's, believe it has even a glimmer of, of anything in it. I know it's it, it's an interesting choice, and I, I mean, it's, I mean, like I said, I I, I it's, it's okay. I mean, it has the end goes on for far too long, and it's and it's it's special effects heavy. I mean, even they even CGI the horse a couple of times. It's like yeah, this, you know, there's no real need for this. But you know, Johnny Depp's always good value. Only Hammer does a good job. You know, at least it was I was entertained, and that's all that really you need to worry about. But what's interesting I, about, about doing about looking at the list is that Tarantino is actually now sort of backtracked a bit, which is kind of cool because because people were then saying stuff like, "Well, he's he's uh, it's like you know, why would you have this piece of shit on your list?" Sort of stuff. No, no one mentions Kick Ass Two, but Lone Ranger gets the gets the ribbing. Right. And well, Kick Ass Kick Ass Two. It seems like more of a Tarantino pick than the Lone Ranger. Yeah. So like, not only not only is it the the credibility of how good or bad the movie is, but like it just seems like by based on the movies that Tarantino picks or makes, seems like his picks would be a little different than what they are. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. I think in, if anything, I think the Lone Ranger's on the list just because Tarantino likes westerns. I think he was just trying to mess with people. <laughs> I think it was all just uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, throw, throw the Lone Ranger on there. Somewhere. But he did a, he did an interview after it, not long after it, and and, and somebody said, you know, why why the Lone Ranger of all things? And so he sort of backtracked a little, and he goes, okay, well, this you know, obviously the film has problems, you know, namely its treatment of you know its depiction of American Indians and stuff, but you know, otherwise it was you know it was perfectly enjoyable, and you know that's fair enough, that's a fair statement. 
Yeah, but it, it, all right. So does that sound like something you put in your top top ten movies, though? Of based 20, on of I'm not saying I'm not saying based on your opinion of the Lone Ranger. But I'm saying based on his statement, the way it seems like he enjoyed the film. Yeah. Do you think that sounds like something you'd put on your top ten? No. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of other worthy films, but I don't know. Anyway. Maybe hard. maybe maybe this is an example of you know, this is the top ten to a professional in the industry. Yeah. And none of them are very good. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> So it's like what really came out in two thousand thirteen, you know? Yeah. That's fair enough. Although I haven't seen a couple of them, so I can't really say. But I, I do want to see yeah. I haven't seen most of them. Like I've, I haven't seen like nine of them. <laughs> uh, moving on then. On that note, all right. Moving on to JJ Abrams has been talking to Lucas. Now he suggested this one. What's this about? Um. Well, the thing that brought this up, I, I heard somebody else talking about it. Honestly, but so uh, let me put it this way. What do you think about this? What do you think about so JJ Abrams? He has like an assistant or something, and he reported to. It was either major spoilers or one of the major, like, you know, Geek News, Newsarama or somebody. He reported that J.J. Abrams has been, in quotation marks, constantly talking to um, George Lucas, which I would assume that they would discuss things with each other. Like, I would assume that that George Lucas is going to have some sort of input Mm. in this movie. Yeah. Well, the reaction to this is what's interesting to me. So, like, what do you, what do you think about this? And, A, would you call yourself a Star Wars fan? <laughs> to answer that question, <laughs> I've got a ridiculous amount of Star Wars memorabilia, so merchandise and stuff, including yeah. a $600 Star Wars statue. So, uh, nice. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan. I actually think it was actually, I think it was George Lucas' son, Jet, who actually reported this. Um, oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, and uh, I, I do find it interesting... I, I'm not concerned, and, I, and I, what what concerns me is that people are concerned. It's just it's that weird sort of ownership that people seem to have with the Star Wars franchise. It's just bizarre. I mean, it's 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 not our films. It's freaking Disney's films now. Anyway, they were the other ones that bought. Well, now them. it's Disney's. Now yeah, it's but... Disney's films, and they'll do whatever they they damn well please. And I'm I mean, George Lucas created the Star Wars universe. So yeah, the first three films are not as good as the original the original films. That's fine. That's right. a given. That's that's totally cool. And but, but now it's now it's in new hands with J.J. Abrams. And I'll be honest with you, I'm actually not that big a J.J. Abrams fan. So um, the fact that he's talking to Lucas to me is actually a plus, not a minus. So it's not a case okay. of two char- two directors that I don't like getting together and ruining my childhood. It's more of a case of J.J. Abrams okay. has got some great ideas, and it's, it's got a very interesting direction directional style which i think will work but i also think he needs someone like lucas who created this universe to sort of help him with like the mythology and the lore and stuff and so i'm cool with it i've got no problem with it all right so i have two things to say about that david cool the first one you are insane (laughs) in an institution uh the second one that's twice i've been committed this episode yeah, I know it. Uh, the second one is I, I would I, I, I have a hard time saying I'm a Star Wars fan. Right. As a kid, Star Wars was every single day of my life. As as a kid, that was it. You know, like every stick in my backyard was a lightsaber. Me and my cousins. Oh, I have a really funny Star Wars story. Actually, uh, my grandma used to have this. Black, 
this is an embarrassing story. My grandma used to have this like black lipstick or it was like so dark it looked black. Yeah. And me and my cousin used to draw the Darth Maul faces and we would have like lightsaber battles in the backyard. Hey, I was a Star Wars fan. That's not bad. Embarrassing, that's awesome. I was like 14. <laughs> oh, in that case, in that case, it's embarrassing. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, as I got older, I kind of fell into the Star Trek world and left that. Like, I have not touched Star Wars for years. You know, yeah. I went to, when they were trying to do the relaunch in 3D, yeah. I went. Um, and, 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 you know, I mean, I'm as much a Star Wars fan as every comic book store patron. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it goes beyond that at all. Yeah. While one of my coworkers, he's in his, he's like in his fifties. He's older, um, and he's a huge Star Wars. Fan. He's like a huge Star Wars, Star Wars fan. That's like his thing. You know what I mean? Mm. And whenever he heard the George Lucas thing, like he's kind of like he's kind of like me in that he's a little uncomfortable with, or, or I wouldn't say like me because honestly, I, I really don't care too much. I'm more interested in the crowd reaction. Mm. Um, but from his perspective, he's a little uncomfortable with J.J. Abrams talking to George because while you do have a respect for George Lucas and you give him credit for the for creating the universe and, you, you know, I mean, like, obviously credit is due, you know, to, to him. He did a great thing, you know. Mm. But um, but they don't want the new movies to to touch. They don't want the new movies to have the same problems that all the new reiterations of, the original movies. I mean, you talk about how the prequels are not as good as the original three, hmm. but the original three are no longer the original three. Like you, you can no longer get the original three movies. Yeah, we, you know. Yeah. And again, from my perspective, it makes sense to me that J.J. Abrams will be talking to uh, George Lucas, yeah. and it makes sense to me that this would become a big story hmm. because I could see people wanting to have a debate about which is going to be better. J.J. Uh, Abrams versus Lucas, and this is a way to embody the debate. Is this article? You know what I mean? Well, I'll throw I'll throw this to you then. What's your favorite Star Wars film? Uh, Return of the Jedi. Radio. And who directed Return of the Jedi? I know it was not George Lucas. That's right. It was Richard Marquand, right? So, don't you think then that 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 is actually that proves that there's a bonus that, that Abrams is talking to Lucas because the best the, the the best Star Wars films are the original three, right? Right. We, there's no denying that. And of yeah, those original three, it's always a toss-up on which which one is the best. I personally would say Empire. You prefer Return of the Jedi. Um, that's fine. And both Empire and Return of the Jedi were directed by other people, but with creative consultancy from George Lucas. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. So I'm just I'm just going to go in it with that mindset. You know what I mean? I, I I agree with you. It's just it's just the Star Wars is the only franchise that I can think of that some fans are excited when it changes hands. Yeah, you know, like there's no other franchise where, like, you know, it gets like Gene Rottenberry passes it on to to Joss Whedon, and everybody's cheering. Mm. Like that, that wouldn't happen. I mean, if Gene Rottenberry was still alive, it'd be one thing. But like that doesn't. It's just it's the only franchise I can think of where the original creator is respected, and yet half the fans uh, are glad that he's that he's leaving, he's moving on. Yeah, that sort of says more about the fans of Star Wars than anything else. I mean, it's just that's the, the, the sense of ownership that I mentioned at the start. Which I yeah, have you have you watched weird. the documentary, uh, the the world versus George Lucas or whatever no, it's called? No, I haven't. No, this 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 topic is exactly what it's about, and then it was made before uh, the Disney takeover. The Disney takeover, um, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it's and, and you know honestly, I have more credibility 
in J.J. Abrams talking to George Lucas than I do in Disney owning it at all. You know, yeah. like that's to me that if the, if anybody in this scenario um, makes me uneasy, it's the Disney ownership. You know, yeah. I just feel like they're going to put Johnny Depp in this somehow, and then I'm just so over that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he's awesome. <laughs> no, I think they're actually going to go with um, I, I, from what I've heard, I, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to go with Jaina and uh, Jaken the twins which i think is pretty cool that's what i've heard but maybe if they put depp in it then it'll end up on um it'll end up on tarantino's list next year yeah exactly (laughs) everybody loves johnny um so yeah this is the last the last piece of news is um i attended the armageddon expo uh media event yesterday and uh it was part exciting part incredibly tiring (laughs) i came home mentally drained but but it was very it was very very cool and i and i I thank you, a huge thank you to Armageddon Expo for inviting me. It was it was a very limited uh, inv- invitee list, and uh, I got in, so that was pretty cool. And um, what it was is uh, Armageddon Expo is actually running today, as we speak. Armageddon Expo actually is uh, is running. Actually, in nine minutes it starts, <laughs> and over and then over the weekend. So I'll be I'll be heading off to that at uh, at some point. But so yesterday they actually had a media call where they actually had a couple of the celebrities. Uh, that are attending, um, and you could you could attend and and uh, ask some questions in their panel sort of format, and then everybody split off into the actual individual uh, interviews and stuff. Um, and I was I was slated to get um, interviews with uh, Dan Slott, the current writer of Spider Man, um, and Brent Anderson, the current artist of Astro City. Um, but poor poor Brent, uh, because at the moment there's uh, some pretty uh, dangerous bushfires happening in Sydney, and so all the flights were sort of delayed and cancelled and all sorts of, you know, because all the smoke gets in the air and stuff. And um, so oh, Brent's, yeah. Brent's flight didn't come in until very late that day. And so he was yeah. like, I'm not doing any interviews because I just want to just go to bed because I've got the, you know, the convention tomorrow. And that's fine. I did end up getting my interview with uh, Dan Slott, which was uh, very cool. And uh, I'll have that in there. Awesome. How did that go? Um, yeah, it, it went it went pretty well. It's, it's um, It was kind of interesting. I was, I was very nervous before going into it because... I wanted to make wanted sure, to that, make sure that, even though, even though I wanted him to wanted know how disappointed I was with with, with how <laughs> Spider Man, you know, become superior Spider Man. I still wanted to be, yeah. I still wanted to be respectful and not sort of antagonistic. And my natural inclination is to be antagonistic. <laughs> so it's it's kind of weird. So so uh, Richo, one of the other crew members, Richo, um, sort of helped out with the phrasing of the questions, and I and I think it worked well. I sort of I sort of. I indicated my disappointment, but I still said, you know, you know but on the other hand, Superior Spider-Man is a good book. I mean, so even though I'm, right, yeah. I'm disappointed that it's not Peter, but it's still an enjoyable read and, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, today, whenever I was talking about it, I was telling my coworkers I was going to be an Australian podcast today, you know, trying to impress some people. And uh, the one of the things that they said was, oh, didn't you do that, like, recently? And I was like, well, it's been... Over a year ago, because the last thing I remember us talking about was Superior Spider-Man was about to start, and it's on like issue eighteen now. Yeah. Um, so can you believe that's been going on for over a year? Yeah. And Peter Parker is still not back to normal. Yeah, it's it's nineteen, and and I think I think you said in your show that it was going to be twelve issues. Um, yeah, I guessed. I, I guessed within the year it yeah. would go back to normal. And I and I, I said, look, I'm I'm sort of torn. I think it'll be a twelve issue sort of thing, or but I I guarantee you it'll be back to Peter before Amazing Spider-Man two comes out. 
Yeah, that's what so, I. So before before the Amazing Spider-Man two film comes out, I, I guarantee yeah, it'll be back to. Play. You're right. You're right. He has to be getting close to wrapping this yeah, up now so, because yeah. there's no way there's no way they miss that they miss that opportunity. Well, I know I know it's going to be Otto up until issue twenty seven because that's the the Goblin Nation storyline, um, and we already know it's going to be Otto Octavius. So it'll be up until that point. The rumor is that the new Goblin King character is Peter. In Norman's Ooh. body, so and, and so and, 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 the, and the possibility that there'll be some sort of mind oh, swap wow. at the end of that storyline. Yeah, so that's that's the, the current idea. He didn't give anything away. Um, it's, I got about seventeen issues to buy. It sounds like God, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, so it's 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 it's, it's interesting stuff, and I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. But it's definitely not a permanent thing. So I don't know why people get so upset about it. It's kind of weird. Um, but what I wanted to touch on is is because I didn't get to. Um, speak to Brent Anderson. Uh, so actually, I actually got to speak to Mr. Brian Bloom while I was waiting for um, Dan Slot's interview because he was there. Get, he was having another interview. Brian was being interviewed by some other people, and he was there with his girlfriend. Um, and the, his girlfriend and I started started talking, and uh, she was awesome. She's actually not only, she not only she's she's it's his girlfriend, but it's actually his agent as well. And she's and she's an agent for other sort of voice actors, because he was here for his voice actor work. He plays uh, the Black Mask in the next Batman movie, uh, the Batman computer game, Arkham Origins. Oh, okay. Um, and that's what he was here promoting. And uh, so we started talking, and, I was, and I, was, I was like, after I finished with Dan, if you guys aren't doing anything, if I can get an interview with Brian, that would be awesome. And she goes, yep, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. And then, but then his interview finished before I'd finished with Dan Slot, And they waited for me to finish with Dan, before, which I think is just unbelievably awesome. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, and I didn't even know. I felt bad because I got to the end of Dan Slott's interview, and we were Dan Slott and I were talking about me, me and him going off to Seven Eleven together because he didn't know where he was and he didn't want to get lost. And I was like, "That's cool. I'll just take you there." And um, <laughs> wow, and, what a story! That did you take him to Seven Eleven? No, I didn't. I didn't because when I oh, said that, that would have been awesome. When I said that, um, <laughs> Brian's uh, girlfriend, who I've now forgotten her name, I really apologize, um, came up and said, "Oh, did you still want that interview with Brian?" And I turn around, and they've just been—they've been sitting there the entire time, waiting for me to finish with Dan's lot. And I felt like an asshole. And I was like, "Oh, no! I'm look, Dan, you're on your own. <laughs> I've got an interview with Brian now. You know what I mean?" And it, and that turned out to be my actual one of my favorite interviews ever. You're meant to have 15 minutes with these people. I would talk to Brian for 50 minutes. Wow! It was just unbelievable. I mean, every word he said was gold. It's just—he's just got this absolutely brilliant philosophy on life and his career and and stuff like that and i, I just i'm going to use the the unedited version of that uh, of that interview on the website i'm not going to put it in a, in a podcast because it's like like i said it's 50 minutes but uh it'll be the whole episode but i'll chuck it on the website unedited because it's just i just don't want to cut out anything that he said that because uh, it was just awful. that's awesome man yeah. I, normally when i do an interview i sort of i have questions specific to that person prepared all right and yeah. Ben didn't know I was going to interview him. I didn't have any specific questions for him. And so I just had this sort of this generic list of questions, sort of like my emergency questions. Yeah. Halfway through the interview, I realized I hadn't asked a single one of those questions. And I just turned my iPad off and put it on the, on the table beside me. And he sort of, and he sort of looked at me funny. And I was like, oh, no, I just, I just realized this, this has got nothing to review, but I just, I just realized that I don't need any of my stupid ass questions because everything you're saying is gold. Let's just just continue. <laughs> he was well, like, that, well, he was like sure "Oh, that's that awesome." <laughs> he's like, he's like, because I, because I, because I interpreted that two ways. It was kind of like you're bored, <laughs> and so you just you're putting you're packing stuff away, which you know, which is a bad sign. 
or you you think it's going well and so you don't need the you don't need your, your notes and i was like it was the second one it's <laughs> like awesome so yeah so that it was sounds, a lot of fun that sounds great yeah it, it sounds like it's a good decision to do to do that to put the ipad away it was a, it was a great interview and he was he was awesome and uh he's he's got himself a fan i'll be i'll watch everything he's in from now on <laughs> so I wasn't even going to buy the new Batman game, but I'm going to buy it now. Made a sale. All right, well, that's it That's it for news. So just before we go into Popcorn Junkies, we've been joined by the lovely Crystal. Yay, I woke up. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> also, a, the new, a new crew member and the original crew member. Our bonus crew member. Our bonus crew member. <laughs> Did you get that? Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> that's awesome. uh, I like it. It's like the the bonus. I don't know. It's a bonus. <laughs> bonus. I couldn't, we're use, I couldn't gonna, come up with anything fast enough there. I'm going to use it in the in the uh, in the show notes for sure. Um, so yeah, so it's uh, this is pretty exciting. Crystal's join us. Uh, she doesn't have a review for us, but she'll happily chip in on ours. So let's move on to popcorn junkies. So our Peyton and Five Minute Popcorn Junkies. I'm the host, so I'm going to go first. <laughs> Which is All very right. rude. The guest should go first, but oh. Uh, I'm going to go first with uh, A Field in England. Now, I'm reviewing A Field in England thanks to the wonderful people from Madman Entertainment uh, who uh, sent some swag for us to review and to give away. Um, as in the last episode, we talked about uh, how we're giving away Transformers and Samurai Pizza Cats. <laughs> so uh, the the you still got chances to put in your entries for that. So it's still going on. It won't be drawn out until next episode. If you don't enter, we'll make Luke sing again. Yeah, exactly. Samurai pizza cats. Anyway, uh, so one of the films that they that they gave us was A Field in England, which is a film by Ben Wheatley, and uh, I was very excited because I wanted to see this film, and now here's my chance. Ben Wheatley would be best known for his films Kill List and Sightseers. Um, he is. An interesting director, to say the least. He has a, a very a unique sort of style and um, and sort of way of viewing the world. And uh, he sort of goes out of his way to make sure that his films uh, don't just deal with the reality that we know it, but also with sort of different perceptions that people would have. And I think A Field in England is the, pers- the perfect personification of that sort of vision. First off, it's, uh, it's in black and white. And uh, which is an interesting choice and a, a good choice for this, as well as it sort of not, not only does it have sort of standard film shots, but it also goes into some weird trippy psychedelic type stuff uh, throughout the film. Some people say that it, it sort of adds. It's it's a very mixed film. This it's, it's kind of you sort of you either you love it or you hate it. There's no sort of middle ground. So the people that love it sort of say, say that it adds to the film. The people that that hate it say that it sort of detracts from the film. And I. I wouldn't say that I hate it. I just, but I do agree that it kind of detracts slightly. It's sort of, I think, I think the the psychedelic stuff sort of goes on a little too long. There's a little too much of it. But the reason psychedelic stuff happens is because let's get to the story. Um, it's set in England during the English Civil War, which I think is a ripe period for film that really doesn't seem to get taken advantage of. I mean, it's got it's a very fascinating period of history. A small group of deserters uh, flee from the battle and uh, are crossing a field. And they get uh, captured by two men, O'Neill and Cutler. Uh, O'Neill is an alchemist, which is very cool, and like, like a real world alchemist, not this sort of you know phony fantasy type alchemist. I mean, it's like alchemy was really really practiced. Um, and he forces the group uh, to aid him in his search to find a hidden treasure. He doesn't state what the treasure is, but he forces them to find it, and he knows it's in this field somewhere. 
while they're in this field, they've, they've got no water, they've got no food, and so they eat some mushrooms, and the mushrooms are what cause the sort of psychedelic sort of stuff to eventually happen as, as the film goes on. Well, at least that's the idea, is that you think it's the mushrooms that's causing it. Whether it is or not, that's open interpretation. Um, Wheatley's, Wheatley's films are very much open to interpretation. So even though I've watched this and um, I believe I understand it, there's no guarantee that that's actually the case. I mean, it's, it's, Wheatley never actually says uh, what the films are about. And it's, there's no clear-cut sort of... Uh, ending one one interesting review that i read that i agree with totally had uh, a fascinating sort of interpretation of the film and i don't i don't really want to say because it, it would be it would be considered a spoiler i suppose if you would also agree with that um but it's highly recommend that you sort of you check out the i wouldn't I, normally i wouldn't say this but i recommend that you check out the imdb review board because <laughs> normally you would avoid those things at all costs because because i mean they're usually pretty hopeless but there was there is one guy on there that uh, he's i think he's spot on was it you? No. Did you write that? No, no, it wasn't me. But uh, <laughs> I wish it were. Um, so, so yeah. So this is this this film is a is a it's a hard film to like. I, I won't deny it. It's uh, it's got some moments in it that even though Wheatley is a uh, a professional director, there's some moments in it that that look like they're straight out of film school. It's like first year film student type stuff, and it's it's kind of hard to forgive if you think it was done accidentally if you think if if you believe that it was done intentionally because that's you know weekly basically just jerking your chain then then it's i, I guess you could consider it a, a good a success it's it's kind of weird it's 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 hard to it's hard to talk about this film because i, I don't want to give too much of away and also because it's so open to interpretation and and what your idea of how a film should be made is that it's kind of hard to critique it because it's it's just you know. So that's where that's something I wouldn't notice. I guess yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess it, when it comes down to it, I actually didn't really enjoy this film. It's not a sort of it's not a sort of film that you would enjoy watching. I mean, it doesn't have the guilty pleasure of something say like the Lone Ranger. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's a, it's fascinating, uh, and uh, I highly recommend that you watch it just for that reason that it's it, that it deserves to be watched um, and develop your own ideas behind it. But I don't think I'll watch it again. So, so I think I, I'll pass. Yeah, I, I, it's I don't know. It's it's weird. And I, actually, I'm not going to give it a rating. It's that's that's how sort of on the fence I am. It's just I I recommend that you see it so that you sort of experience it for yourself. Um, but I didn't really enjoy the experience. I don't know. Weird review. That was weird. it was kind of an anti review. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, anyway, that's it. So that's uh, that's a field in England. And uh, again, thanks thanks very much to Madman for for supplying it because uh, I'm I'm so glad I actually got to see it and uh, and knew what everybody was talking about. So let's move on to Young Bo and Cabin in the Woods. All right. So um, my popcorn junkie is Cabin in the Woods. I'm gonna try to talk about this for five minutes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, I like Cabin in the Woods. It's um, I'm trying not to be too spoilery, but it's it's definitely a film that is really not what it appears. The, my, probably my favorite thing about it is that I remember seeing the previews and I knew, I knew it was made, I knew it was written by Joss Whedon and I knew just from the little hints in the preview that I wasn't really going to see a movie that was about five teenagers going to a cabin in the woods and then getting axe murdered or something. Um, but the beautiful thing about it to me was that's the way it was advertised. Like all the previews, Gave you just a little clue that it wasn't that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and, it, and it definitely is not. It's it's a movie that it's basically Joss Whedon said, "Here's this story that everybody is told, 
Um, and let's see how far I can stretch this um, and still make it a cohesive story. And some might argue that he stretches it a bit far, but if he didn't overstretch it, then it would kind of ruin, you know, that was the point of, of making this film was to see absolutely how far you could stretch this, this small minor story. Mm-hmm. Um, and where the, where the story starts and where it ends is, is 100, 200% different. You know, one weird thing about the movie is that it, it was made in 2009 and it wasn't released until 2012. Yeah. I believe it was because it was they had a hard time shopping it around. Like I think they had a hard time having somebody to pick it up and and you know distribute it. Uh, lots of characters from the Whedon verse is in this movie, yeah. um, and it's got this weird like uh, company. Like there's the movie starts with these two guys in, in a um, in a golf cart, and they're kind of riding riding around this company, and they keep talking about like, well, how's it going in China? And I know I heard they I heard they completed it in China, and then they're doing it over, and and so they got this weird like kind of understory kind of mystery going on about what these guys are doing at this business, and then you realize that it's somehow connected to the story of the five teenagers that go to the cabin in the woods, and um, I was planning on, I was planning on spoiling this movie. I didn't realize we weren't spoiling them, so it's, I'm trying to rearrange the way I'm going to talk about it, <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> But basically, uh, the stories do connect. And one thing I will tell you is in these axe murder movies where, you know, uh, five teenagers go to the woods and then they get axed to death, yeah. you always hear people say, dude, that movie, everybody dies. Yeah. Everybody dies in that movie. Well, here's the thing about this movie. Literally everybody dies in this movie. <laughs> and if you've seen the movie, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's, that's uh, a cool. That's a cool non-spoiler. <laughs> everybody dies in this movie, uh, but it's it's a really it's really cool. I really liked it. Uh, it's um it's not like you're not gonna watch it and then decide to live your life differently based on the contents <laughs> of it. Uh, but it's definitely a good time. It's a lot of fun. And it's it, if you are into that type of movie, like if you're into um, uh, Wrong Turn and, and stuff like that, you'll you'll enjoy this. Like it is that, but it's it's almost a commentary of that. Like it's almost satire version of that. Um, and it's hard for me to decide whether it's a comedy or not. It definitely has a lot of really funny parts in it, but it's kind of like um, it's kind of like Burn After Reading in that effect too. It's like it's not really a hundred percent comedy. There is some seriousness to the movie. But it's pretty funny, <laughs> <laughs> and more importantly, it's better than Burn After Reading. Uh, I don't know which one. I don't know which one's better. They're in the same category to me. Although, funnily uh, enough, they've both got Richard Jenkins. We're on a Richard Jenkins roll, dude. Yeah, and and if you're a Whedon verse fan, you'll recognize you'll recognize a few people in this movie. Hmm. If I were to give it somewhere in the one to five rating, yeah, I would say three. It's better than. To me, it's better than average, yep. but it's not the best thing ever. Right. But I don't know how many things I would give a five, you know? Yeah, that's fair enough. It's, it's, it's hard to give a five. I, I personally, I've, I've seen it, and, uh, and I love it. And I especially love the, the sort of uh, the ending where they sort of in, in, integrate so many different mm-hmm. horror tropes. I won't, exp- I won't explain especially how they do it, but it's, it's really, really cool. I, I especially love the end. So, uh, it's yeah, a- I'll, I'll give it three and a half looks. It's a hard movie to review, right? Because mm. like, all if you haven't seen the movie, then all you know is that it's a it's a cabin in the woods kind of movie. Yeah. But it's really it's really not that. I assure you, it is not that. It's 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 an out there movie that's really hard to talk about if you haven't seen it. 
That's all I can say. <laughs> it's interesting that you chose that one because just yesterday my, my younger sister said to me, I've got this movie I think you'll really like and I think David will really like it too. I said, oh, what, what is it? She said, Cabin in the Woods. I went, I hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, here's the thing is it's a movie that you either you either totally get that it's a satire and it's tongue-in-cheek and you really dig that or it's like the worst movie you have ever seen. Like it's if you don't if you're like, looking if you don't like horror, you're not gonna like it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. I'm not a huge horror fan, but you have to have some appreciation for it in order to get a lot of the stuff in it. But it's uh that that is one thing I could say is that if you if you don't like this movie, you will hate this movie. Like, <laughs> it's just so unique that you're either gonna you're either gonna get it and dig it or you're just it's gonna be the worst movie you have ever laid eyes on. So, <laughs> well, it's definitely polar. I spent most of that movie playing with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> continuing, continuing my Minecraft, I also need to point out that it actually has also Chris Hemsworth in it. I'm surprised you didn't point that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> on you, Chris. Australia's own. All right, so there's our, there's our popcorn junkies. Let's move on to... Thanks for that. Oh, that was good. Uh, let's move on to Contest of Champions. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Okay, so Contest of Champions is, uh, like I said at the start, is going to be uh, is the, the classic fanboy question. So who would win out of a fight between you know someone and someone? Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to pit two fictional characters against each other. We're going to try in, fi- in in it doesn't work for this episode, but in future episodes we're going to try and pit, pit fictional characters from different universes. Uh, but for this one we're going to have Spider-Man versus Wolverine because it's a classic. <laughs> so you can't go past the classics. Yeah, we yeah. we made that rule. We were like, oh yeah, we can't do anybody. They have to be from different publishers. Otherwise, it's probably happened before. And then the yeah. first one we pick after making that rule. We broke the rule. <laughs> Rules are meant to be broken, Bo. It's you know it's our show. We can do whatever we how damn well want. Um, so, right. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So um, so in the future it'll be different universes. But for this one, Spidey versus Wolverine. And what it is is so what we're going to do is to to make it easy. There's they're going to be the two combatants are in a an unbreakable cube, a mile cubed. And there's no innocent bystanders. There's no foreign objects. It's just the two combatants in an empty mile cubed space. The people have they have if they have paraphernalia, yeah, they will have the paraphernalia with them. So Thor will have his hammer. Uh, Captain America will have his shield. That sort of stuff. That's a count out. So because let's face it, uh, heroes don't kill. So it'll be you know whoever first taps out. <laughs> no, they kill. They no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. What? You can kill. Spider-Man. I I based my opinion based on the fact that they would kill. Oh, all right. Well, that's that's <laughs> fascinating that you said that. All right. Well, well, for this one, it'll be because it's to the death. To the death. All right. To the death. All right. So as uh, as our newest crew member and guest, you can start us off. So my pick is Wolverine. I mean, if I'm going to pick my favorite character, I would choose Spider-Man over Wolverine. Although those are in my top, you know. But I, I think that it has to be Wolverine simply because. Spider-Man, even even if he found some way to beat the crap out of Logan, Logan will survive. I mean, how would Spider-Man actually kill Wolverine? Yeah, that's it. And the game's over. No, 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 no. Basically, all right, so um, Wolverine can be killed, right? All right. So all Wolverine, even though Wolverine's skeleton is laced with adamantium, 
all Spidey has to do is punch him through his chest to take he rip his heart out. So you don't think he could regenerate a heart? Like there's no way he could live through that. It would take him a while, but in the terms in the terms of a fight, that's it. He's done. I mean, he's going to take him a long time to regenerate a heart. You can't punch through an adamantium skeleton. He gets to punch up from yeah, underneath. Yeah, I think could, so. But he could punch him from underneath. So you're saying that Logan would give him an opportunity? Yeah. To reach in underneath his rib cage. See, that's that's what I'm saying. Grab Logan, his heart and then pull it out. But Logan wouldn't have a choice because what's also like. I, I think Spidey. I think Spidey's got this right. Very for mainly because Spidey is faster, has a long range weapon which Logan doesn't have in his webs. He has his. That's, his that's, he does have the advantage of having yeah. a long range weapon. Yeah. I, I agree with that. He has his Spidey sense. Right. Like so all. So basically. So so basically. <laughs> all, all Spidey has to do in this situation is web Logan down so that he can't cut his way through. So web his arms <laughs> to his sides or to the side of the cube or whatever the case may be. And then beat the crap out of his head. All right, so we're talking Spidey who can lift on an average 12 tons versus Wolvie who can't even lift a ton. So all he has to do is beat the crap out of his head multi, you know, as hard as he can. So yes, of course, he won't be able to get through the skull, but the inside of his brains will be bouncing around inside of his head so much that his brains will be turned to jelly. And I've got comic evidence that this is what happens. And so then, while, so then, while so then while while Wolvie is out of the action, he then punches through his punches through his diaphragm, rips his heart out, bang, game over. Well, a, you're insane, <laughs> and you need to be put it locked away somewhere. Uh, but uh, no, 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 I I agree with I I hear what you're saying. Honestly, I didn't think about it that way. It's winner. Uh, but we're not ready to give up yet. Let me see what <laughs> I right, can pull yeah. out. I just don't. I don't see Peter Parker pulling his heart out. I don't see Logan letting that happen. Now I get what you're saying. It would be hard for Logan to one up on Spider-Man because he has the Spidey sense. Yeah. Like there's, like even though Logan is very tactile and Wolverine-esque. Yeah. I think you're. I think you're right in that he couldn't necessarily beat Spider-Man. But my my point was that I couldn't see Spider-Man beating Logan. So you you think that he would he would die by pulling his heart out? Well, he would. Oh he would. yes. Oh, actually, actually, you know what? I hate to admit this, but that was how he was envisioned to die in the most recent Wolverine movie. Was was that he would he would have his heart in his hand? Remember? Yeah. Hmm. You might be honest. I've something. got a huge grin on my face because I think I smell victory. <laughs> I, I think you won already. Well, that's the thing. I agree with that. I mean, this, I mean, if we didn't have the rule where it was to the death. I don't think either of them would win because Spidey wouldn't, Peter wouldn't kill Wolverine, and now in current continuity, Wolverine quite likes Peter, so he wouldn't kill him either. Oh and right, right, right! But we're not taking personalities but, yeah, into we're not, account. We're not, we're not, not there. So it's, it's to the death. So if it was but, to but the death, Wolvie doesn't stand a chance. In the sense that it's not to the death, he just has to chop um, his head off. But he wouldn't get to his. That's what I'm saying. Wolvie wouldn't get close enough to Spidey to chop his head off. I think that Wolverine has taken on. You know, people as powerful as Spidey. Yeah, but I mean, but Spidey's taken Spidey's taken on people more powerful than himself. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. So like, I mean, if you, I mean, Wolverine, Wolverine's taken on the Hulk, right? And that's about as, as high as he's gotten, and that's an awesome fight. Spidey I mean, has taken on Fire Lord, who was a herald of Galactus. So we're <laughs> talking Silver Surfer level of power, and he won. Spidey yeah. has taken on the Juggernaut, and that was a draw. And that's fair enough. So Wolverine is outclassed, outgunned, outclassed in every single possible scenario. 
I think, I mean, but the thing is, is Peter Parker is only, he's only Peter Parker. I mean, yeah, he's faster, he's stronger, but if Wolverine stabs him in the chest, he still dies. Oh, I mean, the only reason... If, if, Wolverine, then, if, if Wolverine actually managed to tag him, Spidey would be out of action. Yeah. But that's the thing, Wolverine would never even get close to tagging him. I could see that. I, I, I totally could see that. Now, what if it was Dan Slott's Spider-Man, pre-Superior <laughs> Spider-Man, whenever he didn't have the... He didn't have the. Uh, there was a time period where he didn't have the Spidey sense. Yeah, right. So All now right. You've so got a, now you've got to cheat. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing this out <laughs> there. I think you've won. I think you've won. But I'm just trying. I'm just trying to throw some more scenarios. So right. I think in that scenario, there's a better chance that Wolverine could tag him. If, if Spidey didn't have his Spider sense, then yes, Wolverine would tag him, and I'd probably give and. Him and what version of Spidey are we talking about? The one where he shoots webbing out of his wrist or where he actually contains the, the you know, because he's going to run out at some point. Oh, that's another good point as well. Yeah, well. And, and he's at a slight disadvantage because there's no buildings in this box. Oh, no, I mean, see, I guess that I'll give you, but he does have the box itself. Yeah, but it's a mile. Can Spidey shoot a mile? <laughs> <laughs> don't go we'd, have to, we'd have to ask Mary Jane. <laughs> don't, I said, "Don't go." There. I love that. I love that line. So there is, and I wish I'd have got this to you before you interviewed Dan Slott. There's a line in one of the uh, uh, what's the island, Spider Island, or whatever yeah, it was. Island, yeah. Was it called Spider Island? Yeah. And, and they say that uh, Mary Jane had the uh, she had the powers longer because of her extended relationship with Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what did you mean by that, Dan? Like, could you explain that for the kids? <laughs> um, so I guess it's fair to say that I've won. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, cool. We have consensus. I have one. I'll just I'll just throw one extra little bit in there just to to, uh, to gloat in my victory. But okay. in, in Secret Wars number two. Spidey not only beat Wolvie, but the entire X-Men team single-handedly. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, I heard about it. I actually, uh, I think Scott brought that up to me when I told him we were doing this. Oh, there you go. Which, <laughs> yeah. Can I just point out, I mean, I just want to double check, make sure you guys are aware that these aren't real people. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point of doing them, because they're awesome. <laughs> but that, was, uh, that was a pretty entertaining first uh, contest of champions. I thought it was pretty cool, especially considering I won. <laughs> right, yeah. So, uh, now we'll that a... this works, though, I'm coming prepared next week. <laughs> you come prepared? All right, well. so, um, so for the next one, what we're going to do is Captain Kirk, the original series version, not the, the fat movie version, and Han Solo. So, Captain Kirk versus Han Solo. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting stuff. And which one are you going to go by? Kirk wins, man. Kirk? Kirk All right. wins. <laughs> All right, so I'll go Han Solo. And, uh, Han shoots first, win. but Kirk wins. And what, so what we'll do is Q's uh, brought them together for his own nefarious plans. All right, cool. So, so, what, so what I'll do is I'll, put, I'll post the, uh, is the Kirk versus Han on, um, on the website and, and the Facebook. And what we want uh, you, you guys, the, the, the listeners, our lovely listeners, is uh, give us your opinion. So who, who do you think will win and why? And uh, we'll incorporate that into our argument as well. That'll be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I want I want the listeners to debate this. Yeah. Like even more than we are. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. Kirk, Kirk versus Han, man. Yeah, and it's Han, Han all the way, baby. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's move I'm on team, to Team Kirk. Team Kirk. <laughs> so next up, we have our Wow segment, the Azerothian Times.
Awesome. So because uh, I wasn't I wasn't too prepared on uh, what we were going to talk about during our WoW segment, I just knew that we I wanted to have a WoW segment because it was the perfect time to have one because the rest of the crew hate WoW, and so so and thankfully enough, so that's it's me and Bo, our WoW addicts. Uh, we're going to talk about it. So I'm going to I'm going to throw it over to Bo to control this segment. Uh, take it away, Bo. Well, I don't I don't really have like a whole lot of news or anything, but I just kind of want to talk about you know, what you're doing in WoW, what we're doing in WoW, and then, uh, you know, listeners can compare it to what they're doing. And, and there is a few news uh, news articles I want to talk about. So, so like, what's been going on right now in your World of Warcraft life, you know? Uh, well, I'm currently, I'm doing, I'm trying to kill two birds with one stone, so I'm leveling a char- the characters to 90 as fast as I can so that I can get to the Timeless Isle. I mean, the amount, yes. of, the amount of time I've wasted on this Timeless Isle is insane. I know this island better than I know my own neighborhood. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and the Thomas Isles, the new the new section that's come up uh, in the latest patch, it's, it's where you would go to sort of prepare yourself in order to do raids because they've introduced the new flex raiding. Right. Um, so you go there in order to get gear. That's not quite enough to get you into raids, but it's good enough to get you into uh, instances that will prepare you for the raids. Um, so it's it's made it it's, they've made it horrendously easy to get kick ass gear. Um, yeah. And uh, with the burdens of eternities, it makes it even better because you can change it. Because the gear starts yeah. off, it's 490 uh, gear score, but you can use the burden of eternities to make it 522 or something like that. And, um, yeah. and that is all you need, really, because you need a gear score of 500 to get into flex. So I've been trying to do that, and uh, that's, that's been a lot of fun. you got like rares that everybody goes and kills and stuff, um, and they've got new, new drops and stuff. But because I'm also addicted to the pet battle system, I'm trying to level my pets, very certain pets, in order to get them to 25 so that they can compete in the new uh, pet battle system on the island. Um, and I've, I've done some research, and you need, you need certain specific pets to win. Like the best scenarios are, you, are you know, say, use these, these specific pets. And I do have these pets, but they're not level 25 yet, so I have to level them up as fast as I can. So, and because you get experience when you level pets, I've been using the experience to level characters. So oh, cool! I, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I haven't so. done any pet battles. All oh, right, um, we should do some pet battles because <laughs> I win every What's... time. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird to me that it is so easy to gear up there. You know, like yeah. I, I mean, it, it, like Andrew just started back the, to the game. Yeah, um, hasn't played through this expansion a single day. He dropped out. Um, I remember the moment he quit playing because they changed the talent system just before the new uh, expansion came out. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, they changed all this. I'm not playing anymore. Well, he just started back like literally like a week ago. And me and you helped him out on the Timeless Island. And we've already got him up to 496 in like about a week, two weeks tops. And he doesn't even play like all the time. I mean, he's playing just like very casually. I think think that a lot of people are coming back right now because of the current raid. Uh, we're getting to kill Garrosh. Well, we're not getting to kill Garrosh, but we're getting to fight Garrosh, and people think they're killing Garrosh. Yeah. And I, I think that the point of this island was something to put out at the very end of the expansion that was going to catch everybody up real fast. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah, I agree. Like, like I said, so I, think, I think it was it was its only purpose is to gear you up to get into raiding. And what it kind of reminds me of is it's almost like playing Diablo in WoW. You know, you like you 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 pick up about three or four quests. And then those quests really are not much of anything except run around this <laughs> island and kill stuff. Yeah. And and the uh, and then as you do that, really nice things drop. Like if, <laughs> if yeah, if you come on the island at like say 
uh, 456, 470 gear score or something like that, yeah. you're going to be 496 before the end of the day. Oh, you know, like it's, that, yeah, a couple of hours easy. And it, and it reminds me of the feeling of playing of playing Diablo where you're killing stuff and it always drops something nice. You compare it to what you're wearing, you put it on if it's better, and it, it, it's very similar to that to me. Yeah. And I don't think, wow, I, what we're getting on the Timeless Island I don't. I don't know that this is the new way that they're doing things, but it's definitely a really nice way to catch catch everybody up. Um, it seems like an odd choice because of all the all the flack they've gotten this expansion for making the game like a whole lot more casual yeah. uh, than it used to be. Which I mean, I think if you complain about that, you're probably crazy. I don't know. <laughs> and should be committed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should be committed <laughs> along with David. I don't know. It just seems like it seems like an odd choice to me, but I'm glad they made it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy the Thomas Island, and but uh, I mean, I, tell, I think you tell you that, and I do. I well, I, I mean, I do agree with the, the fact that they've made it easy mode, um, but I don't complain about it because what's wrong with that? I mean, more can you know, more people playing, that's cool. Part of the reason why people feel that way too is because you're looking at it with that nostalgia look, like we're talking about how awesome it was yeah. to grind rep. You know, like yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. It awesome. wasn't. It wasn't awesome. It yeah. wasn't awesome. No. <laughs> anybody, who, anybody who says that is obviously has no life because it's just I don't find it awesome to kill the same things over and over and over and over again for four days straight. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I, I think the only the only good thing about about rep grinding and uh, there used to be like dungeons that you had to grind different things in order to even get into, or you know there was all these predecessors to even doing a certain yeah. raid. And now you can actually just click on a little eyeball on your, on your <laughs> and you can just queue up for it, you know. And it's it's a lot different than it used to be. But I think that what's missing is that barrier to entry. Like right now, it feels like pretty much anybody could buy the game and catch up to where you are yeah. in in the game rather quickly. Oh, they definitely could now. I mean, they've just they've just changed how battle chest works as well. So used, um, they've included Cataclysm. So for nineteen ninety five American, you can buy yeah. everything from. Basic to Cataclysm onwards, and that's uh, that's pretty cool. That's that's basically a please p- keep playing this game sort of deal. New people. So for you, what is the point of playing WoW? I just, I mean, I enjoy it. It's uh, I've I've been playing it since vanilla, and it's become like a second home to me. Really, it's just, uh, I mean, I just I feel comfortable there, and it's not. I mean, it's not one of those. I don't use it to escape reality. I mean, I'm not crazy. Right, right. Um, no, I get uh, what you're saying. I'm yeah. going somewhere with this. Yeah, but I just, I just, you know, I know people on there. I mean, you, 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 and I play together, and and uh, I just sort of, I know, it's kind of weird. I've grown quite attached to my characters, to my tunes. Like I, mm-hmm. I um, I actually give all of my tunes a backstory, and uh, yeah, and I sort of try to, I don't role play, but I do, I kind of try to have the character's mindset while I play the characters because I'm a big role player from, from you know, my youth. And uh, yeah. I, just, I find that quite enjoyable. Yeah. It's, I mean, it seems like, for me, it's very similar to that. I love the community of WoW. Like, I love... I, I always tell people whenever they're like, uh, you know, why do you play WoW? I'm like, dude, I play with this guy from Australia. Like, we don't even... We're not even the same day right now, and we play WoW together, you know? And, like, yeah. we, we met uh, we met Miles in our guild, who's who's from UK, I think he said. Yeah, UK, and yeah. I just love that community. Like, there's these people that I've become, like, really close friends with. Yeah. And I don't even know what they look like. Like, I've, I've only... I've only talked to them over Vin or, or Skype, and 
and I've become really close to them. Like I love the community aspect of it, yeah. and I love the game. Like you're saying, like the role playing aspect. I don't get into that so much. I'm more of like a meta gamer. Like I'm more like, you know, I have to do these seven things every day in order to create this result. You know, uh-huh. uh, I'm more of that kind of player. Um, but I think that the the key to WoW is is heavily the community, yep. and people complain about how like the game is more casual now. Um, I think that they're worried that changing that barrier of entry, like changing it so that it's easier for people just to jump in, that that will affect the community in a way. Like now there's a different type of person playing the game than whenever they originally played. How do you combat that, though? How do you make the game? Because the audience of WoW is getting older. Like if you were were a 12-year-old kid and you wanted to pick up a game today, even if you wanted to pick up an MMO, it probably wouldn't be wow. Like I don't think I, I just don't think an eight-year-old game is appealing to kids right now. You know. Yeah, but that's that's what they tried to compact with Mop, though. I mean, Mop was the whole, yeah. was the idea to try and get twelve-year-old gamers. In a way, in a way, I see what you're saying because of the pandas. Yeah. But I also think that Mop was was a way to make the aging gaming audience, uh, their aging audience that they currently have, a way to make them still able to play, even though. With the change of age, there's also a change of lifestyle, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not really going anywhere specific with this. I don't think, uh, I don't think it's a bad <laughs> thing. I guess, I guess the answer would be, do you consider it a bad thing? I mean, because, I mean, it's clearly, it's clearly happened. The, the making it easier for people to, to jump in has changed the dynamic of the community. I mean, you can't deny yeah. that. But is that necessarily bad, though? I don't think so. I, what, my pet peeve in Warcraft is the, the rudeness is is unbelievable yeah. i mean it's become a, it's become just a, a, a fact of life it's actually known outside the game just how rude trade chat is you know what well I mean? man I, I i i love flex and this yeah. is awesome that you segued into that because this is why i think they invented flex yeah. was to combat that because now you've got flex and you've got heroic L- um not heroic lfr but heroic um scenarios yeah yeah heroic scenarios which i love um, by the way sorry the scenario system is awesome Dude, we've got three nineties now with me, you, and Andrew. We need yeah. to just do like a ton of heroic scenarios. Oh yeah, we're gonna spend a day just doing scenarios. Oh yeah, but heroic scenarios is like you have to know two other people in order to do that. Yeah, and, and so there's no more of like, well, I'm gonna get in this group and I'm gonna be a dick to everybody, and then I'm gonna get something purple and I'm gonna leave. You know, yeah. like if you do that, then they won't invite you the next time. You know. Yeah. And flex is the same way. Flex, you find uh, twelve to twenty three people. And you all get together on a weekly basis, and you raid the content. Hmm. And you, you know all those people. They're part of that community that we were talking about. And you're able to do that because the, ver- the barrier of entry is so low now. Like Because hmm. Andrew was able to jump in and, and start playing right away, we were able to push him right into flex. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think it's all part of a bigger scheme that we can only speculate right now. But I think ultimately it's a good thing. I'm not opposed to the timeless island at all. No. So we'll just uh, so just quickly, we'll just, we'll just finish up the segment by mentioning you mentioned BlizzCon. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so BlizzCon's uh, on its way. It's not far away. Here's the way it's going down for me. I'm buying a virtual ticket. I know yeah. that you you got one, right? Yeah, I got one already. I got it purely for because the, the Blizz, uh, Blizzard's a, you know genius when it comes to marketing, and uh, yeah. the the virtual ticket comes with some in-game stuff. And they've had it every year, and every year I've resisted it because I, because I just thought, well, I'm not going to watch the stream, the live. 
I never, it never occurred to me. I don't know why, but it never occurred to me. It's like, oh, well, I just buy the ticket just so you get the stuff. So this year, I thought, hey, I bought the ticket so I could get the stuff. Because one of them is, is, uh, is going back to our, uh, our last episode, the Monty Python special. One of the things that you get is a, uh, a murloc uh, dressed, up oh, as, dressed up as the Black Knight from Monty Python. is an in-game pet called Merkelot. And I was like, "Well, that's that's worth my that's forty, that's 40 bucks right there." <laughs> I was like, "Done," but uh, but also it also gives you um, a Hearthstone card, um, and I'm I'm interested in this Hearthstone business. Yeah, I'm, I'm heavily interested in Hearthstone, man. But yeah. here's what I was going to suggest, man. Yeah. I want to get if we could put together some kind of ECN ECN fans plus NCP fans <laughs> plus uh, you and me and Andrew and everybody that we know that's into into wow like what if we did a ventrilo all together and we all watch blizzcon together that's i will buy a ticket if if we can get a group together to do that oh man if anybody's, yeah if, if it tells sell uh sells tickets are on sale until the ninth of next month yeah because um, well, the show because so, the show is actually the show starts november 8th oh wow so they're selling all the way till all the way up till yeah. the show wow yeah yeah um, if you're interested in this, comment on this episode or email us or, or something like that. Let us know. And uh, we'll just all meet at the same time on the same vent server, and we'll we'll watch it together and just, you know, talk and play WoW at the same time. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Done. Cool. Let's so, uh, move on to coming soon. Coming soon is the, the segment where I mention what films are coming out in Australian cinemas. Uh, in Australian cinemas on October 24th. We get Captain Phillips, Devil's Knot, Patrick, and Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa. Have you heard of any of these films? All right, Captain Phillips is uh, Tom Hanks in a... Yes. A, sort of yeah, gets, yeah. His chip gets Tom Hanks in, like, Somali Pirates yeah, or something. Yeah, Somali Pirates. Yeah, it looks, it looks <laughs> interesting. I'm not going to go to the cinema for it, but it looks interesting. Um, Devil's Knot, uh, is, I assume, is some sort of horror film. Actually, I can't remember what it is. Uh, Patrick, though. Patrick is a horror film. It's a remake of an Australian horror film. Oh, is that that one we watched that New Year's Eve? Yeah, so it's like the, the guy, that, the telekinetic guy that's in a coma. So I'm really excited because this is like a classic of Australian cinema and uh, they've given it a remake. And apparently the remake is actually quite good. So I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's one of my favourite films of my childhood. It scared the crap out of me. And Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa, is based on uh, the Alan, Alan Partridge character from England. Steve Coogan. Yeah, Steve Coogan's character. So that's pretty cool. Um, so that's it. That's uh, that's that's coming until until the next next episode of NCP. That's Australian cinemas. So check them out. All right. So I got the movies that are coming out here in uh, America on the twenty fifth. That was the closest I could find. And um, we've got the Counselor, which is which is an odd movie because if I'm not mistaken, it's Ridley Scott, but it's very not a Ridley Scott movie. Oh. I saw the preview for it, and they they show like in the preview, it's like an interview with Ridley Scott where he's talking about the movie. Like it's not even like a legit preview. Oh. And um, I don't, I don't. It's it's such. I kind of want to see it because it's such an unusual film for him to put out. As long as, uh, as, long we, as it hasn't got anything to do with the Alien universe, I'll watch it. Yeah, as long as it's not not related to Prometheus, you're fine. <laughs> uh, Bad Grandpa, probably stupid. Uh, <laughs> Bastards, Spinning Plates, Losers Take All, which looks like kind of like an Airheads kind of kind of movie, maybe just yeah. judging by the cover. And uh, Blue is the warmest color, and that's it. I'm glad you added that bit. We, we should, we'll keep that for every every time you're on. That's good. Have it ready. Okay. Uh, so let's finish up with the ways you can contact us. NCP. You can contact us on our website at www.nerdculturepodcast.com. You can also contact us via email at feedback 
at noculturepodcast.com. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash noculturepodcast. Twitter, at nerdculturecast. And you can even Skype us on uh, Nerd Culture Podcast. Um, you can, it, I really, I'm really excited about the Skype aspect. So if you Skype us and leave a message, uh, we can then play it on the show. Kind of funny that you're talking about how excited you are about Skype and Skype stuff right now. I know, bloody Skype. Yeah, Skype is terrible right now. Yeah, I'm just noticing. I'm noticing the goddamn feedback. But uh, anyway, but the magic of Skype is is how is how Bo is on the show, so we can't complain. You can also rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget that we're also a Amazon affiliate. So we have a little widget on the website at uh, noclutchpodcast.com. Takes you to Amazon.com where you can then you can buy some stuff. It's uh, I don't know who you are. I, I I do see what it is that you're buying, but I don't know. I don't see who you are, and it doesn't cost you any extra money. But we get a cut. And you can, if you want to hear more of Bo's dulcet tones, you can do that at uh, ecnradio.com. Uh, it's it's basically NCP, but without the accent. Or with a different accent, I guess. <laughs> it's a great show. I listen, I listen to it, and uh, they're awesome. And I got a shout-out in the last episode. So, yay. And, uh, and so did the whole crew, actually. So that was cool. Very Thank nice. You. And if you, want to hear both of, uh, if you want to hear more of both of us and our, our comedic talents interacting, then you can do that on our secondary project, Film Flams, where, which is where we do custom commentaries for films. Um, we don't think one of them is going to be Cabin in the Woods at some point when we get around to it. Our next one will actually be The Exorcist, which is very, very cool. Yes. Uh, then followed by The Shining. So, very we got to get Halloween set coming up, you know? Yeah, we've got, we got, we got to get into the theme of Halloween. Um, and that's at uh, filmflames.com. Yeah, so there's a, there's a couple of things to contact us about. Uh, so, don't forget, Kirk versus Han Solo. Let us know your opinion. You know who do you think is going to win and why, and uh, we'll mention it on the show. I want them to let you know a if they're willing to do the uh, if they're willing to watch the uh, event with us live, the BlizzCon yeah, online right. ticket. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, email us if you if you want to do that, and we'll we'll get. I, it's not going to be a big group. It's going to be like four or five people. Like I doubt we're going to have a huge turnout. So just uh, email email the show, and then we'll give you the information. Um, also, email the show if uh, if you love me or hate me, okay? So, like, <laughs> I want to keep doing this, but I want the show to still feel like NCP. So, so if you if you like me on the air, let David know. And if you hate me, uh, you know, go jump off a bridge, but then let David know. <laughs> <laughs> That's mad. Everybody will love you, dude. And even if they, yeah, if they do hate you, well, screw them. But uh, <laughs> I don't care. We love you. Screw you, hippie. Screw you, hippie! <laughs> so that's it for NCP episode 62, our first weekly installment. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Okay, so that's it for me and the crew. Crystal? Um, uh, half a crew member this time, maybe. <laughs> Point five. Point five. And Bo? Uh, on this show, we keep the barrier of entry on a uh, timeless aisle level. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Bye! Bye!